welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm Bob Hassan. And I am your friend, Sean Bowles, who almost dressed like Bob Hassan today. So if you're watching the new video version on YouTube, make sure to like whose shirt you like better. Oh, gosh. (laughs) We have a great show today, Bob. Yeah. Bob, today we have your friend, John Block, who's a coach and was an NBA player and has taken a lot of teams into, he calls it resetting the team and helping them to really develop. And I'm I've been wanting to meet him in a real way for a long time. So thanks for introducing him to our audience. Yeah. Sean, you've met John at the house. You, 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 you're going to love him. He's just full of wisdom and practicality. And, you know, he, he's going to talk to us about teams, but I just want all of us to understand that this applies to business. This applies to ministry. This applies to everything, including athletics. Well, I'm going to read a little bit of his bio. He was one of the only men I've looked up to literally in a while because I'm six foot four. Yeah. He's like six foot eight. Yeah. He's so tall. Okay. So John Block, a USC basketball All-American. John played 10 years in the NBA, including the Lakers, on seven different teams and was an all-star in 1973. He coached basketball in college for 21 years, four years as an assistant coach at two major colleges and the rest at four Christian colleges as the head coach and athletic director at two of those. He founded Oak Bridge, a sport and family camp, which became Young Life Camp, the Lord's Fitness and Community Center in Southeast San Diego, was one of the founders of Redemptive Works International, an African ministry, and a pro-am basketball league in San Diego. Dedicated to discipleship, he has continued coaching, consulting, and mentoring men all over the world. He is phenomenal. Like his background, just the way when I met him at your house, I loved how he just automatically disarms you with his genuineness and just yeah. is so fun and so real but like everyone's dad like a good coach feels like a good dad yeah he's he's a he's a tough man um you know i don't know if i would have want to be coached by him or I mean, I thought about he's, that. he's got sharp he's got really long sharp elbows and, <laughs> um, uh, he used him a lot in the nba <laughs> Oh, I imagine. But, but uh, you know, in, in Southeast San Diego for a number of years, he, he, he and some partners bought an existing gym, renamed it the Lord's Fitness Center and, and used this thing as, as a discipleship tool for the poor and indigent, indigent in Southeast San Diego. And it became a hub of um, all races coming to be able to work out, to go to Bible studies. And uh, it, it was just it's just incredible. And I think one of the things that, you know, we can learn from John is that he he listens to the Lord and he's directed by the Lord. Absolutely. And I think uh, in our interview, I want to ask him some of those questions because you can relate so many of the principles of good coaching to your team building at work. And I know for me personally, I've read so many different books from athletes and from coaches for team building and for leadership, for mentorship. And so I, I love that. I love that the sports world so directly translates to entrepreneurial mm-hmm. and fortune 500 companies and these kinds of places. So I'm excited about our, our show today coming yes. up next with Coach John Block. Hey, my fellow explorers, we have a brand new book out. And if you've ever been given a word that you're a Joseph, an Esther, a Solomon, 
or a Daniel, you need to learn how to hear God the way that they did. You need to have that place inside of you that connects to God, that can believe for his solutions on the world today and for his problem solving ability, his wisdom, his strategy. And so we've written this book called Wired to Hear and it's connecting God's voice to your career and place of influence. You are gonna love this book. I wanna encourage you to get it today. My friend Bob Hassan, who does Exploring the Marketplace with me and myself, wrote this to take you on a journey of how to succeed in your place of career with God's voice and with connection to Him. Visit Bowles Ministries today and look up Wired to Hear or go to any bookstore you know and you should be able to find Wired to Hear. But get it, review it, and share it with someone else. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. Coach, we have Coach John Block on. I'm so glad you're with us today. This is such an honor to have you here. I love having people like you in this format to hear just your stories and just how you walked with God. Thanks for being on. Thanks, Sean. It's a, it's an honor. It's a real honor. I've been watching you a little bit and and uh, seeing some other friends on with you. So it's it's, uh, it's a real honor. Pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. John, I want to go way back to Don Williams and USC when you were playing there. And um, your love, where your love for the word started and your your love for relationships started. Talk a little bit about about that time in your life. Well, as I was when I met Don, I was a sophomore and uh, had known the Lord just briefly a couple of years, but had not been discipled. Did not know much about my faith at all, though I knew I had it without a doubt. And uh, so I met Don, and uh, he said, "Let's get together." And so. We got together at a, at, a, at, a, at a dorm that I was in called Rudin Tootin Hall. <laughs> we could, it was Tootin Hall, but we call it Rudin Tootin. And, uh, and so we met in our room, and, and he, he basically, uh, I, I never really prayed much. He taught me how to pray. Wow. He taught me how to study the Bible. We started in sentence prayers. And <laughs> because I was really shy and, and uh, you know, a, lot, a lot of stuff at that time, and so uh, we, he taught me how to study the Bible, and and we went through Philemon and just learned how to, uh, to 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 get through that Bible and just figure out all the things about Paul and Philemon and Onesimus and all these people. So uh, there was one very impactful time, and, and Bob's heard the story, uh, was when he had done this, and and I and I walked him out to his car, and he was in his car. And I leaned down. And I said, Don, I said, I want to thank you for what you're doing. He says, I one day hope to be doing what you're doing. Wow. And that, that was uh, that was uh, that was a prophetic moment in our both of our lives because it really it really changed both of our lives at that, that very moment. And um, and so uh, uh, we had a very strong We ended up rooming together for three years, my junior year, senior year and my rookie year with the Lakers. <laughs> wow. and, uh, and so Don and I became very, very close. And one of the most remarkable things, I think, in terms of my faith and one of the moments, uh, I, 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 my mother lived in an apartment. She, my dad had died when I was in high school, and she lived in this, an apartment. Uh, and I went home to be with her. When I at about 12 midnight, I went to sleep. And, and uh, before I went to sleep, the Lord spoke to me in my spirit. He says, you're going to Harlem. Mm. And, uh, and I went, what? And so the Hollywood Presbyterian Church had, had uh, 
uh, uh, deputation team, a short-term missions team to Harlem, and I didn't know what I had to do it because I was poor as a church mouse going through USC. <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, and so I called Don, and I said, at midnight, and, and uh, he, he, I woke him up, and he said, I said, the so Lord spoke to me, and he says, what did he say? He says, well, he said, you're going to Harlem. He says, well, that's amazing, because tomorrow we're selecting the group that's going to go Harlem, and you're going. Yeah. And so uh, I, I spent that summer uh, living in Harlem uh, with uh, a bunch of black guys and players and, and uh, with Young Life. And it changed my life. I mean, it changed wow. my direction totally. I mean, just totally direction my life, where I was going, what I was going to do. And it just has is, is, uh, been that way ever since. Uh, so, I mean, I love hearing, you know, just your that place when you were young being encountered that way by God in the midst of having a really prolific career. I mean, it's just wild. And I get to, I get to hang out with some sports guys, some athletes here and there. And it's really cool to hear that there's a thread that, I mean, there's, if, if these guys will open themselves up at all, it just feels like the floodgates of heaven, like God fills our lives with Christians and discipleship and good choices. Cause it's just such a polarizing industry where you, you really only have a few choices because you're working so hard. So I love, I love hearing that from you all the way back then. And then also yeah. that you carried that on both in your career, but then you became a coach, which was the second part of your career. And I want to hear some, and I know Bob does too, you know, we're exploring the marketplace. Like what caused you to choose basketball? Or did basketball choose you? That's a good question. Basketball basically chose me. I was a sophomore in high school at six foot two when I entered at the age of 15. And by the time the season was over, I was six foot eight. <laughs> in less, less than six months, I was, uh, I was six foot eight. I weighed 155 pounds. <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, I, was, uh, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. I, everything about my whole life was revolved around baseball. But obviously the strike zone and my, I was a pitcher and then I became out of control and I could, you know, all this stuff. So I, I became a basketball player. I was literally dragged out of line to play professional baseball uh, by a coach, Ed Gorgian his name, and uh, to, to, to uh, play basketball in high school. And so I said, okay, I'll do that. Yeah. John, I, I've, I've heard you talk you know, about teaching the why and building a team. And a lot of our listeners are either team members or team leaders in their businesses or their ministry. Can you talk a little bit about like your philosophy on teaching? Sure. I, I, I probably uh, want to give you a little bit of a history uh, about that because I never intended to be a coach. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to be after my career, but, but I was involved with building a, a young life camp called Oak Ridge when I retired and I had been for some years. And then I was asked to coach at San Diego State and then uh, for a couple of years. And then I was asked to coach at UC San Diego and help turn their program around. So while I became uh, Bobby and, and Sean known as a kind of a turnaround guy. Wow. Uh, and and uh, and so when I went to UCSD, I, I, I became a head coach there and I said, wow. This is pretty good. I, I, I like this. I I, I could uh, uh, I could be a coach. So I I uh, had a relationship with John Wooden, who was a crosstown rival of USC, at and he was a, you know the famous, probably the most famous uh, basketball coach, ten national championships. And I went and met with him for three hours, hmm. and and in that meeting, over and over, in through the course of the philosophy and how to do it and stuff like that, he kept drilling into me. 
you got to teach the why. You've mm. got to teach the why on everything. You know, how to shoot, how to rebound, how to block out, how, to, uh, how everything. Teach the why because if they can, the player can understand it and agree with it, that's another big point, agree with it, that's just a matter of technique and effort. You know, how you, how you do it and then, and then uh, effort. So I carried that in uh, for the rest of my life. And it, it did so deeply impacted. And then I, I, I developed it even more and more. And, and so through my coaching and my building of athletic programs, that's the other part of it I did, uh, and ba- basketball programs, I was always thinking about uh, teaching the why you do it. And uh, it, it, it revolutionized, uh, it just revolutionized my coaching. And, uh, and I found just interestingly, I found that, that when I studied the Bible, that's, that's the way the Bible did. You know, I mean, you go through Romans, he teaches the why, and then he teaches how to, you know, now how to, how to do it. He teaches the why and then how to do it. Yeah. So, I, and I mean, I'm going to follow up with this, Sean, but um, I've been over the, over the years in groups with John and I've watched him teach the Bible and he teaches the why. This is this is why, and then the how, and it's so you're kind of like what, how? Oh, this is amazing! Like Nehemiah, like we would sit under him and listen to him teach about <laughs> Nehemiah, and your doors would get blown off. But the other thing that happened is he, you know, I'm going to go back to um, that statement you made at Don Williams' car. I want to I want to do this, yeah. and you've dedicated your whole life to mentoring to hanging out to meeting with young people mm. and it's just amazing you know I, I i that's yeah that's right exactly and and one of the things that the god is just you know romans eleven thirty six says you know for from him and through him and to him are all things to god be the glory forever and i recognize that god he gave me all these gifts and, and then, and then molds me through all this stuff. But one of the things was this whole discipleship thing, because coaching is literally, you really think about discipling those young players. Yeah. And, and uh, you're teaching them how to play basketball, but in terms of how I did it, you're also teaching them how to live, you know, how to, how to live a life. And I recall one time some people were talking about how some players were talking about how tough I was. And I said, you think I'm tough? I said, wait until you get married. so uh so uh you know so i was always in that idea say listen i'm preparing you for life this is this is fun this is what we're doing we'd love to win but i'm really preparing you for it wow so you know again a lot of people like bob said they're you know they're working on building a team and that's a big culture now in all businesses in the western world is you have to develop your team and here we're talking to a coach who's developed some of those successful teams and in the history of basketball. I mean, it's just so beautiful. So give us some more pointers, so to speak about what does it look like? What are some of the things that you look at to when you're building team or resetting teams? That, that, that's a, that's a, that's a good question too. I, I, so one of the things, yeah, we, we, and this is what wouldn't taught me too, but I really developed this whole thing. It is, I cannot make players into what I was or am. Mm, that's profound. And so, and so many people and so many people take a look at, at building a team and they want to make it like them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so what, what, what the, one of the things that 
in terms of building a team, first of all, you have to, what I did is I said, I have to understand the culture around the, the way that I'm building this team or who, you know, and, and then really, really, and then this is a, this takes time, but really find out what are the skills and, and levels of skills of each player? What's their attitudes? What's their, you know, how do they approach things? And, and, and then using the wisdom God gives you to be able to help develop those players and build their, and, and build them into really good, strong players and, 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 and uh, where they learn how to work hard and to play hard and have a good attitude and, and, and all those things. So, so it's really about really trying to, 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 to understand what's the gift of every one of those players. Because yeah. not every one of those players is going to be tough like I was when I was a player or even as a coach. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and be focused on what you got. When you come to that practice, you're focused. And, um, and, then, and, and then the biggest thing is that I have to engage. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I have to. So, so if I don't want my players to be playing, I have to and focused. I have to be focused for two hours of practice every day. I have to, you know, and I have to have it planned out. And that was really big at planning my whole practices and then holding to it. And then obviously being aware of, you know, what, you know, circumstances. Will do. So those are some of the, some of the basic things. That's good. I have a question. So you build a culture, let's say you inherited a team or you recruited a kid and you build a culture, but you, you have someone on your team who has not bought in with the culture. And let's just say he's a star. Um, do you keep them on the team? Do you, do you, do you have a little talk, chat with them? Do you put them on the bench? Do you fire them? What do you do? <laughs> all, all of the above sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that is obviously happened to me a ton. And, uh, I, I pretty much what I do is, I have a standard, and this is again. I, I go. I refer back to Wooden all the time. He, he had some players. There were two particular players in particular, Sidney um, Wicks and Curtis Rowe, who were a different thinking, and they were they were wild and woolly in a lot of ways. And but Wooden had a way, and he says, "This is the way it's going to be, and you're going to either do it this way or you can leave." Wow. And. Uh, and so, and so when I had players that acted like that, there's one in particular I think of about when I was at Bethany College up in Santa Cruz area, who had, I, I had inherited him and, and I started with a full team and I ended up with eight players and he, and, uh, he stuck it out, but he wow. knew that he was going to leave and uh, that, that he couldn't measure up and he couldn't do it. So it's setting that standard to measure up to, and if they meet it, fine if they don't then they don't and i've had to have bob i have had to uh talk to players off the court a lot and just tell them what i'm doing and and you know and especially if they're really 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 good players i want them to to exceed to succeed and i you know to high high achievement yeah wow yeah. so i spent time with them yeah you bet i'm going to push this a little different direction i love everything you're saying right now because it's just so applicable like yeah. to how to set a culture and set standards but um, tell me if there's one you can remember, like a, a time you've told a few about your earlier career, 
about where God showed up for you and helped you in, in your career make choices or he showed up in a way that was really profound for you? Well, Bob mentioned uh, earlier, uh, uh, probably one of the most impactful times I've ever had what had to do with Benin. Uh, and um, it was just a West African country near, uh, right next to Nigeria, Togo, and down, down a little bit. Yeah. From Ghana. And, and uh, Bob, we were real close, and, and, and I was going through a tough time at coaching at Point Loma Nazarene, really tough time. And uh, I had very su good success my third year, uh, huge. And then the next year kind of went, and then the following year with recruiting and stuff, I made some mistakes. And recruiting and bringing in players that uh, this just didn't fit, and so I, I got fired. And and, wow. and but 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 one of the things is Bob and, and, and a bunch of other my close friends says you got to get out of coaching. It was I'd had five surgeries in the course of four and a half years, Ooh. and and a, a pretty significant surgeries, and and, uh, uh, and and I was just a mess. I mean I was just a mess. And they said you got to get out of coaching. And I said, listen, my whole career, I've never asked for one job. I've been led into every job that I had. God, God led me into every job. And so he's going to take me out. And um, and so it'll be up to him. Well, they thought I was stubborn. I said, no, God's going to do it. So, <laughs> so in the middle of the season, man, in the middle of the season, I get fired. Wow. And so, and so, you know, and, and that wasn't very pleasant the way they did it. But but as I walked out the door, I, I, I live only three blocks away from the school. So I walked home. I said, well, Lord, now what do you have for me? Wow. And and uh, and, and I, I went home and I called a mutual friend of Bob and I. He's now passed away. Uh, Milt Richards. He was back in uh, in uh, working with uh, Doug Coe in the, on the mm -hmm. National Prayer Breakfast. And he yes. and Doug Coe were together. And they were meeting when I called him and I said, hey, guess what, Milt? I said, I just got fired. And he says, well, in his, you know, in his Australian, well, you know, and, yeah, it, 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 without being too, uh, too uh, sensitive, he says, praise God. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, so he hung up and walked back into Doug Coe, who was had taken a call at the same time and was just hanging up the phone. And he turns to, to Milton and says, uh, Milt, what's happening to your coaching friend in San Diego? And he says, uh, well, he says, that was just some on the phone and he just got fired. He says, well, that was uh, the president of Benin, Matthew Caracu, who's just asked me if he knows of an NBA player who's coached, who is a believer in Jesus, that can come down and help build a basketball program for the country in the name of Jesus. Oh, my gosh. Now, if that isn't something that is so direct and, you know, and, and, and so, you know, within a few months, I was in Benin with my son and another coach. And, uh, and for five years, uh, we went back and forth, uh, you know, working with coaches and players and doing wow. the simple tip and the whole thing. It was really, really remarkable. I think, you know, I think through that time, your faith got so it exploded because yeah. everything down there was new. You were building something new. You had resources behind you and you had this whole place to be able to preach Jesus through. And you were regarded like the president said, an ex NBA player, a coach who loves Jesus. And you went down there. And I, I mean, I remember you being so happy in that season of your life. 
Yeah, that that was uh, I, I I was, and and it was just a remarkable time, and and uh, and it it really related a lot to the African American uh, culture here in the United States, and you know where voodoo began in this country, and the slave trade began in this country, and there's a lot of really interesting things that happened that, mm-hmm. that really shaped me understanding that whole culture, you know, getting to know the president. What the president did is really interesting. The president then said after I did all I did three weeks of or, or 10 days of coaching and stuff like that, twice a day. But he says, now I want you to see my country and see what, what, what you know who we are. And so for two weeks, I traveled the country yeah. uh, and uh, and just to see the country. And it was really experience. Yeah. Well, in light of, you know, it's Olympic season and uh, there's just a lot going on with athletes around the world in so many ways. And they're, they become cultural icons. They become drivers of brands. They become all kinds of things. What do you think God's doing in the whole industry of sports and athletics? What can we hope for? That's a that's a that's a hard that's a question. That is a hard question. Uh, that's a hard question. Uh, the, the, the only thing is that I'm seeing is there are a lot a, a huge amount of athletes now. When I when, when I played, there were very few. In fact, there was only five. As I when I played, only five players that knew the Lord in the whole league. Wow. And I wow. never played with one believer. Well, now it's really, it's really changed a lot because everybody, people, it's all rich and, and they got huge amounts of money, but it's not satisfying. So they, so, so the Lord is really working and what's happening now more and more is that they're becoming mature, more mature. Mm-hmm. And, and they're able to, uh, they're not going out there, you know, uh, you know, flaunting their Christianity, but they're just living it out. And, and I see that happening. So that's, that's my hope is that there are people and I see it happening that are believers are young people that know that the wealth and the fame doesn't mean anything that God gave it all to them. Uh, and he's the author of all of it. And so it's really humbling when you are start understanding that. And then, and then to, uh, to, uh, 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 then move out from that point of view, from from a, a humble point of view, rather than a you know proud look at me type thing. Yeah, and it's so uh, funny because when you're saying that, I was making a video for Olympic champ chaplaincy. There's a group that does a chaplaincy the whole time the Olympics are going on every day. They meet and they right. have a lot of celebrities and a lot of ex athletes who will will do a chaplaincy video for them, especially in coronavirus. They can't bring them in. I was doing it. I was saying exactly what you're saying, but keep going. Cause I was saying, I feel like I, I'm so glad I said what coach block would say, but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just, I, I, uh, so yeah, that's my hope is that, that, and, and, and that God can work through all of this, this stuff that's going on in our lives right now, mm-hmm. where, where we, we, we understand that Jesus is alive and he is in us and through us. And if we allow ourselves to, hum- to humble ourselves enough to where he can then, we can hear his voice and we can then act on, on his voice. On, and, and, wow. and boy, that it's, it's, uh, it's been an unbelievable experience these last few years, Bobby, just like, I mean, these last few years of being able to, to get to that, that peace of mind and that understanding that everything comes from him. Wow. So why don't I just listen and hear him and have him guide and direct me, even as I'm driving a car or wherever it is. Hey, uh, coach, could you do, could you do a little, uh, uh, 
infomercial for our book wired to hear which is about hearing god in business <laughs> you just said what we wrote you just said that. well i know that like, that was it right there and by, right the way, yeah. and by the way sean there's two people in my life who call me bobby and get away with it and he's <laughs> one of them <laughs> and my daughter is the other one my six-year-old <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually dawn but john thank you so much for joining us uh we, so we just I mean, everything that you said about your players and your teams is applicable to business and ministry. And I would just encourage our listeners to listen to this again and get the nuggets out. I'm in the midst of still writing a book. I'm on the last, I'm, I'm finally finished and now doing a, a draft of site. But the book is called Building John Block. Oh, that's awesome. I love the name. I, yeah. I can't wait to read it. We'll come back on when the book's done and we'll... We'll talk about it. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah that'd, be, that'd be. So some of these stories are all in it. The why yeah. all that stuff is all in it. I'll so thanks, Bobby. Thanks, Sean. Okay, next. Thanks. Questions with Sean and Bob. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment, to upgrade everything we're doing, to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on a journey with our partners because they are some of our they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. Welcome back to Exploring the Marketplace. Questions with Sean and Bob. We have a question from Joseph George. Hi there. Uh, my name is Joseph George. I'm the founder of Fullness of Life Ministries and um, I'm a Christian entrepreneur because uh, I'm, I'm a rapper, I'm a preacher, I'm an author. My question to Sean and to Bob is how do I increase my marketing skills, uh, especially when I put products on Amazon and other popular platforms like that, Spotify, Apple, and places like that. As a Christian um, entrepreneur, how do I increase my marketing skills to reach both Christian and non-Christians alike in an effective way? Okay, that's a great question, Joseph. I mean, I think this is this is kind of the secret sauce that we all have to have our relationship to God and to the team that he's raising up around us and to develop skill sets. And for me, I had to learn how to understand some of the marketing when we were first starting promoting our tours and promoting our books and that kind of thing. So I actually took some of the marketing seminars for Facebook marketing and other places. A friend of ours is a Facebook marketer and a social media marketer. And so I have hours of talks with her finding out what's working, what wasn't. So when I was hiring people or connecting to people, I knew what was real and what wasn't. And uh, one of my team, he also got, I mean, he should be certified, Jeremy. He should be certified in Facebook marketing. He's taking so many courses on it. And so like learning and just adapting because it's all adaptive learning. And so you can't just do one thing 
that worked four years ago. It's all new, right? For Amazon marketing, for Facebook marketing, for Google marketing, for YouTube. It's all so different. And sometimes you have to pick a platform and, and push really strong on that platform. So I think you need to hear from God. You need to get some wisdom from some friends. Find three or four people who are doing it well that are kind of in maybe just a few years ahead of you and seeing if you could have a time to talk to them about how they're doing what they're doing or, or their marketing team or someone. I mean, sometimes it's as simple as another church who has a great social media marketing team and you find out if you could meet with their team for a few hours or an hour and just take notes and then let that drive you on. But a lot of marketing nowadays, Bob, I don't know if you know this, but like for books or for music or for messages or for ministries can be done by somebody in like eight to 10 hours a week. That's with the research and with implementation. It doesn't have to be a marketing firm. As a matter of fact, a lot of people don't even hire publicists anymore because publicists can only take you so far. So usually people who are trying to go another level than they could ever get on their own or with just some resources will get a publicist. But a lot of people I've talked to who get publicists are then disappointed because they feel like they could have got there on their own. And so it's really interesting where traditional marketing has failed in a lot of genres. And there's, I mean, there's so much new marketing, like TikTok, celebrity marketing and branding. And and there's so many ways to do it now that has never been there before that we have new opportunities. Hulu just contacted me, Bob, for putting our Christian commercials on the Christian stations that are on Hulu. And we're like, okay, that's interesting. And it's very reasonable and cheap, but I'm like, who, who's going to be watching this? So we have to research and investigate that. So there's so many ways traditional marketing isn't working as well when you're start doing startup. So you have to use guerrilla marketing is what we call it. Yeah. And Joseph, I think, you know, you, you wear a lot of hats, you have a lot of different things that you're doing. And if you have the finances and the resources, I would suggest finding a young person in their twenties who's creative, who understands uh, the social media marketing and see if you can strike some kind of a deal with him for a few hours a week uh, to give you ideas. And then you don't have to worry about, you know, putting the marketing hat on yourself. Joseph, thank you for the question. And to our listeners, uh, go to bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z, and press the button, ask questions with Sean and Bob, and we will answer your questions on exploring the marketplace. We also want to engage with you. And so we have a lot of lives usually on Thursdays. So make sure to check on our website to see the schedule of the live that's coming out or subscribe to the Bulls Ministries Facebook or YouTube account where you'll get notified when a live is coming on. And we hope to see you there. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring Podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.